Welcome to the Design Break Podcast, a new podcasting experience designed to help you break into the creative world and grow your career. I'm your host, Rocky Rourke, a freelance illustrator and designer, and I'm here to help you. So let's get started. So I've got here my good friend, Brad Woodard, and he's here to talk to us about, well, everything, right? <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited. So how about you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, the easy stuff. Easy stuff. Yeah. So currently I'm living in Boise, Idaho. Uh, we just moved, my family and I just moved from uh, Austin, Texas. We have a habit of moving a lot. So we've moved uh, all over from California, Seattle, Idaho actually originally was where we met in college and Boston, Massachusetts and Austin. So we, we moved all over. But right now, we are living in Boise, Idaho, and we're loving it. We've been here about a year and a half. We run our own company with my, I run it with my wife, Crystal. And uh, so she does the business end and all the marketing and writing, and I do all the artwork. So we make a, a good little duo, and uh, our company's called yep, Brave the Woods. We've been doing Brave the Woods for five years now, and things are building and, and going pretty, pretty smooth at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that is really awesome. The fact that your husband and wife team, mm-hmm. you know, working at your own shop and everything like that. You know, this was when I when we first like sort of became friends, which I don't even know how long it's been that we've been, you know, chatting and everything like yeah. that. It's been a couple of years now, right? Yeah, two two or three years, I would say. Yeah. And I remember when you first told me that it was like you and your wife working together. I was like, it blew my mind. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, how did you, how did you like get started in the creative world? Were you always drawing as a kid? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, actually my mom's an artist. So she was the one really put the pen and, or the pencil and paintbrush in my hand as a kid. And she really pushed it <laughs> just because she, and she didn't push it as a career, which I actually, I'm really grateful for. I mean, she did it a lot on, on the, uh, she always did it because it was a passion of hers. She did make money off it. I remember we did, she did a lot of craft shows and things like that. She sold some of her artwork, but, uh, and she still does. She actually teaches now and does workshops and things, but, uh, approaching it that early from just a passion standpoint and that she just loved doing it and that it was a useful skill and be a creative and be able to make things and not always, we also didn't have a ton of money growing up. So making things and gifts and stuff like that was kind of a, was a way to do that. And, uh, but for me, I, I just, uh, yeah, I was always, I was always pushed creatively and she encouraged it all. And so did my dad. And, and so it was, uh, that's where I, I got it. I feel like I, I early, early on, I was drawing and I was mostly fine art. I love painting. I love sculpting, uh, I, that kind of stuff, drawing. But I didn't ever think about graphic design until college. So did you decide in college that you were going to, you know, go for like the, the creative field, whether it was design or art? Yeah. Yeah. So I, w- I went in to be a fine artist, but I still had no idea what I was going to do about money. <laughs> I didn't know. I've never really like talked to anybody who was a fine artist who had who made a career out of it. So, and I just assumed the starving artist thing was a thing. And um, so I didn't, yeah, I never really put much stock into like being a fine artist for a living. I just thought that was the only thing I knew. So I went into school and see what I'd like and uh, quickly realized that there's a lot more talented folks than I am. That pool of talent is much bigger in college than it is in high school. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is crazy. And I, and I was still worried, like in the back of my mind, like, how am I going to make a career and financially like do this? So the decision was kind of made for me. I went into my first drawing one one class when I got into uh, college and 
I remember my teacher, uh, my, the first project was to do some like pen and ink, uh, illustration and, and didn't really give us much guidelines except for it had to be like a still life. And they wanted to see like cross hatching, all that kind of fun stuff. So I did that and I felt really confident because it was really detailed and, and it was good. I felt, but the problem was, is I didn't understand composition. I didn't understand like, you know, like the different rules and elements in design. And so, mm-hmm. which are, which are applicable outside of graphic design, obviously it's, it's just for all art. And I didn't, I didn't realize that. So I didn't, I had the two fruits that were exactly the same size. Somehow I found a, a watermelon that was the same size as a pineapple. And I was like, all I had to do, oh all I had God. to do was get a real, like a large watermelon. It would have given you that scale <laughs> difference that would have made it look better. But the whole thing, anyway, I, I was so proud of it, showed it. It got my first re- critique ever. And my drawing teacher was like, you should go into design because you really need to learn a lot about like, like composition and stuff like that. So you're, you're great at drawing, but you should take design classes. So he's the one who pushed me into it. And then I took them and loved them. And now they both complement each other really well, my illustration and design work. So let me ask you, was that like the first time you were ever exposed to graphic design? Had you ever heard of graphic design before that? Yeah. I, we had a family friend who was a, I was a graphic designer. I was in high school and that's like the first I'd heard of it. And I just remember him. I just remember he had a, a Toyota forerunner uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, dang, I don't know what he's doing, what his career is, but <laughs> I wanted a Toyota forerunner for so long. And so that was like my dream car. And so when I saw him have one of those, I was like, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm a graphic designer. And that's about all. And that's like my only glimpse into graphic design. So I had heard about it and I thought about maybe doing graphic design, but I hadn't, I didn't know what it was. And then I took a class in high school, like the next year, my high school offered a graphic design course. And I remember going into it and I was super pumped. I was like, whatever this is, I'm excited for it. He said something about art and I got in there and it was mislabeled. The class was, I didn't learn this for like until the end of the year, but it was mislabeled and it was an AutoCAD class. So it was teaching about how to like design gaskets and things. So you're on the black and white screen using AutoCAD. And we were like building, building gaskets for engines and things like that. And three, like printing them. And it was just ridiculous. I I was like, I did not like it at all. And I thought (laughs) that's what, and so my, my school was pretty crappy, but I thought that was graphic design. So I wrote, I kind of wrote it off when I went into school, I went into college and that's why I was just pursuing fine art because i was like i don't know that's it's not worth it it's not worth the forerunner you know it it's very interesting because for me i had never heard of graphic design until right before high school i still remember signing up for my classes my high school classes you know how they have you like pick out like the little exploratory classes and everything and i honestly could not choose what i was going to do like they had band and i hated band i took that in middle school hated it they had ROTC. I had, my mom would kill me if I would have signed up for that class. And really, there, there wasn't a whole lot of options. And I, I remember asking my teacher, you know, what's this class? It was graphic communications, and which is basically graphic design. And she was like, I really don't know. I, I think it's game design. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Game <laughs> <All> design. <right. laughs> you know, I'm going to learn about, that. you know, making ga- video games and stuff like that. And I went to the first the open house and we walk into the room. And I'm like, I'm like psyched. I'm like, I'm gonna learn how to make video games. And then as soon as we walk in, I see printers and I see iMacs <laughs> and I see industrial cutters and all these other things. And I'm like, what is going on? This isn't video game design. <laughs> and my teacher, you know, I still talk to him this day. He was like talking about, okay, we're gonna be learning about printing, screen printing. We're gonna learn how to do binding. We're, you're gonna learn how to use Adobe software. And I'm like, Adobe Acrobat? 
Like, what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? That's all we know, right? Like, yeah, that was all I knew. And so it was really a, an interesting thing for me. And it's cool to know that, you know, I'm not the only one who didn't know what graphic design was going into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so to kind of like backtrack back to, I believe you went to, what was it? It was uh, Brigham Young University, right? For for graphic design. Yeah, but I did it in, um, so there's there's three different mm-hmm. BYU, BYUs. And I went to BYU Idaho. B- okay. So there's one in Utah. Yeah, there's one in Utah, which everybody knows, the BYU Cougars. Then there's BYU Idaho, and there's BYU Hawaii. Oh, okay. wow. And <laughs> that's I, interesting. Like, so wait, why didn't you go to Hawaii? Yeah, right. It, it's harder to get into the Hawaii <laughs> one because they usually accommodate more of the Islanders and stuff like that. That's what it was. That's what it was made for. So it's hard to get mainland white guys out there as, as much. It's a little harder to, to get accepted. Yeah. So, what, but the graphic design program was amazing. Yeah. So, what was like your overall experience? Like, especially when you think about now, like looking back, you know, did you feel like you you learned what uh, what really pushed you forward now, or do you feel like it was a little bit lackluster, or like you know, just talk about your experience? Well, so I didn't know what to expect because I I didn't like I said I didn't go to BYU Idaho because I, I just went there for, for fine art. So I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about their graphic design program. But what was awesome was a lot of the teachers either attended and graduated from or taught at Art Center oh, okay. uh, in California, which is amazing. Yeah, uh, It's an amazing school. So there's really, really talented instructors. And uh, I didn't appreciate that at the beginning because I didn't know what that was until later on in, in school. And I was like, holy goodness they're at some from amazing schools like and that they taught at those and then came to this little small tiny town in in, in, uh, in idaho <laughs> rexburg idaho to teach us i thought it was really cool but it was a <clears throat> i felt like my design education is really made who who i am now and like and what mm-hmm. i do now i felt like it played a huge role i know a lot of people a lot of people ask me because they they want to know like i didn't go to design school so is it worth you know going if they were planning on it and so in regards to that, if I kind of compare it against that question, for me, it was a really amazing experience because I needed to, I didn't really know what to be studying. So a lot of times people will say, I want to be a graphic designer. And they, they kind of come into like, I want to make like gig band posters, right? Mm-hmm. I want to make gig posters. And so what they do is they get into making the posters or they start doing these, but they they didn't do all the other stuff. So what made me as an, an artist now is the sculpture classes that I had to take that were, you know, like you had to take so many fine art credits to go along with it. I had to go take um, my art history, which is very, very important when I'm uh, in what I do. I had to take typography classes. I don't think I would willingly take three different typography classes, courses (laughs) on my own, you know, on my own volition. But so going to school and having those be forced things were really important because I learned a lot, like taking a design and color or a color and design and color theory, I think is what it was called, mm-hmm. class. But all of those things together really round out my education and understanding of the field that I'm in. And so that's why in writing too, like taking English classes and learning how yeah. to be a better writer and communicator. Uh, that's what college was for me. It forced me to do all of those different things and become a more rounded person you can do that on your own which i'm just gonna say for the people who are like but i don't i never did or whatever it's like and there's talented people who didn't go to design school and i think they can definitely do that on their own if they're like very motivated person right and they can do that on and and put in that time and study that so for me i just felt like my education was well worth what i paid for it 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I, my, I still keep in contact with my instructors. They're super talented individuals and a lot of the people that I went to school with, which is another thing that was a cool experience for me is I get a, I'm still, I'm working, I get jobs from, and I've given jobs to friends. I got jobs for friends, you know, that, that were in my classes. So that connection is awesome. Yeah. I think it's really awesome to just hear that. Cause at least for me, my college experience wasn't that great, you know, to hear like you had a, a great college experience and I'm like, okay, you know, this is a great, like contrasting type of yeah. thing, because for me, I went into college already having a lot of a knowledge base having taken graphic arts in high school, even working at a print shop and learning from that as well. And so when I went into college, a lot of the stuff that I was learning from my professors wasn't necessarily stuff that I didn't know going in. And so I had to basically learn on my own, you know, gain the knowledge set that I wanted to gain, like, you know, learning how to illustrate in Adobe Illustrator, learning how to find like freelancing clients and stuff like that versus just like following the curriculum and unfortunately like our university they kind of failed us in the way that in like contrasting like what what you're talking about uh and everything so it's like it's good to hear that you had that great experience and Mm -hmm. that you know there is that possibility that people can have a a good experience in college for design so that that really is great to hear yeah well, yeah, and I felt like another part that made it so memorable and so helpful to me was the fact that the instructors were super passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So they may not have taught me all of the current trends because they're some of them are older, and um, so you got a lot of the the rules right, like the you have to <laughs> you don't use more than two typefaces on a project, you know, like yep. which I still try to live by. Um, but you know, like they they had very kind of strict rules, like the Massimo Vanelli type of things, you know, like. Mm-hmm the strict like i only use this many different typefaces but what was cool about that was like i could take that with a grain of salt like i learned i learned uh, a lot about like what to do now i can like you know the whole you learn the rules so you can break the rules later and i definitely feel i can do that and i felt like my teacher still let us do that Mm -hmm. because they did a lot of side work so they were they were still working in the field like they were still publishing children's books like one of my design uh, teachers he was an illustrator as well so i took a class that was uh, digital illustration but he was teaching it from a designer standpoint which was actually really cool. That was my only illustration class I took in school. It was my last semester and he taught it all from like a way from a designer standpoint, like everything was a little more graphic. How could you sell this? Like how do you communicate ideas using illustration? That was extremely helpful to me. And, uh, and it was fun to see that he had published books like kids books and to see all their side passions and what they were doing and they would share their processes with that. And then we went and did lots of trips. So we went to California, met a bunch of studios in LA. We went to, you know, in, in Salt Lake and met a bunch of different uh, studios in Salt Lake. So it was just a really, for me, I felt like it was just a really uh, exciting uh, moment for me. And I got, I got really into that design world and it, it was made me excited to create because they were. <laughs> you're making me so jealous right now. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, I had to actually like go in and reach out to people to gain that type of knowledge. And I wish that we would have gone on on trips to like agencies and studios yeah. and stuff like that. that. Oh, I'm so jealous right now. And I'm sure some of the people listening to this had maybe the same experience I did. They're like, geez, Brad, like yeah. what? Like I wish I, I could have done that. No, I got I got spoiled a little bit that way. I, yeah. like we, I had a very good uh, design education. I, I really am appreciative of it. So when you were in college, did you start freelancing, 
you know, when you were in college mm-hmm. or like, when did, when did that start? No, it's in college. Um, actually mentioning things that they didn't, they didn't fail to teach you was we were still at that point where it was becoming necessary to have a website, but nobody, it wasn't mm-hmm. like pushed as a mandatory thing. Uh, in school, at least. And so we did build our own web. We did build websites in there. But I remember building my website early on, like I think it was my junior year. Junior? Yeah, I think it was my junior year. And uh, I built the website so that I could get freelance work. And I made a blog. And if people may know our, our blog that we had for a long time running that we uh, we had stopped in the last couple of years. Um, we're making plans to maybe bring that back. But the blogs just weren't as popular as they <laughs> used to be. So we kind of slowed it down. And uh, But anyways... I, I, I was, I started doing that. I started putting stuff on like doing blog posts and interviews uh, that I was doing to asking other people, trying to reach out to people that I admired and uh, I put up my website and I got a dribble pretty early. And so I would be putting up the work that I was making in class and, and that brought on some, some local work. But yeah, I, I did a little bit of freelancing, some local freelance work, but um, the biggest one I did was with column five. Uh, I did a lot of infographics for them while I was still in school. And then after school, they hired me full time. Oh, very cool. So that was basically your first job outside of college was working for column five. Yeah. Column five. And yeah, so we, but it was kind of funny how that worked out. Cause they didn't really nece- They didn't necessarily offer the job. I kind of kind of hinted that I needed a job because I couldn't find it. I couldn't get anything out, <laughs> out of school and I was stressing out a little bit. So my wife and I actually spent our graduation money that like couple days after we graduated, we spent all of our graduation money to drive down to Newport Beach, California, and uh, basically knocked on the door and <laughs> asked for a job. Oh, <laughs> and I was wow. like, oh, I, need to, I need a job. I need this to be a real thing. And so they did an interview and they were like, okay, we'll get back to you in a few days. And I was like, well, I need to get, I need you to be back to me in a few hours because I have to drive back because I don't have enough money to stay in another hotel. <laughs> like, <laughs> we need to drive back and get back to Idaho. And so it was just funny and they were like, okay, well, we'll just head out. So we just like walked the beach for a little bit. Cause it was like right across the street from that office, which was awesome. And, uh, and we just waited and got a phone call and <laughs> they, they told us that we got the job, but yeah, I, I'd freelance for them. It's just kind of a funny story because I, I just remember we just didn't get any offers. I didn't get any offers for work and, till I drove down to California and got it, got myself an interview. <laughs> yeah. Actually like push, like put your foot in the door basically. Yeah. Like really like was like, Hey guys, you know, I need a job, you know, can you help me out? I really <laughs> love serious. that. It, yeah. It, it, it shows like real like gumption. You knew you needed a job. You went out instead of just like sitting around waiting for someone to come to you or filling out a ton of like applications. You actually saw this opportunity and you went and, and grabbed it. You seized it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you like, when when you were first you know starting with freelancing like how were you going about like wrestling up your clients like you mentioned having a website having a blog but like did you do outreach like did you just like like start posting things and then it just like slowly came to you mm, yeah that's mainly what it was because i i wish i had a better answer i didn't i didn't do a <laughs> lot of like you know it, it's really it just, it just came to us but i think a lot of it came to us because one you just have to do i mean you have to have good work. That's obviously one, mm-hmm. but my work, I'm looking back on, I'm like, it wasn't that good. So there's some, there's something else driving it. I think a lot of it has to do with just like your persona and your presence online. And that was like what we focused on heavily. So like, I would, like I said, we had that blog and we were interviewing people and we post con- constantly posted. So our name is constantly online and mm-hmm. associated with illustration graphic design, all that kind of stuff. So we went on, we went on dribble real early Behance, uh, you know, we're on Twitter and all that. And so we, we would, we would try to post as much as possible. 
And uh, I remember with the interviews being one specifically helpful for our blog because we started getting fans. We started making fans out of like really people that we admired because they were fan, became fans of our work because we did this interview with them. They knew who we were and we were, they knew we were like, I was, I was growing in, in design and illustration. I just started. So they became fans of my work and, and helped me out along the way. Uh, name one person namely was a huge, well, two people, Scotty Reif Snyder. Uh, he was a huge help. I remember calling him early in my career and him uh, give me lots of awesome advice. And I guess Ty Matson was another one. He was helpful. Met with him um, when I was in California. But the probably the biggest one was Ty Wilkins. Most of you should know. If you don't know who he is, look him up, Ty Wilkins. Uh, you should know who he is. He's just been an awesome individual. And he, he's helped me really. He started, when we started our own business, and when we started Brave the Woods, uh, we we moved to Austin, Texas from Boston, and he lived in Austin at that time, and he now does again. I guess he left San Francisco but came back. But yeah, he's the one that like helped us get all situated and, and really start our business off, and he's been a really great person to talk to and get mm-hmm. advice from. So those interviews, I would reach out to these different like people that I felt were a big deal. And I'd reach out to him and say like, "Hey, all my followers on my blog, which I don't know how many there were. I didn't. I don't even think I checked. I was like, they all want to know this, and it's really just me a list of the questions that I want to know. But I didn't feel like comfortable asking them directly. So I was like, they all want to know like this, and I interviewed them, and then they'd answer them all for me, and then I'd send them to my, I put it on our blog or whatever. But that really helped me because then I became friends with these people, and they can, they'll give you work that they didn't necessarily like was a little beneath them <laughs> and it wasn't beneath me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, awesome, cool. I'll take that. <laughs> or they knew things that would be a be- better fit for me or whatever. They, they knew I wouldn't charge as much, which is, you know, to cut your teeth, that's fine. And it really helped me. I, I think get more clients. I think like, it's, it's awesome just to hear the fact that you were like getting information from these people, you know, just by saying, you know, Hey, I've got this blog. My viewers mm-hmm. want to know this. And I, I think that's, that's awesome. Cause it's, Something I never even thought of. I just like reached yeah. out to people and I was just asking, you know, a bunch of questions or just seeing if I could ask questions. And I would get back, you know, sometimes, you know, I would mm-hmm. never hear a reply. And then sometimes I would get like someone would paste out like a pre-written yeah. essay of like all this information that they would just send to every yeah. single person. But I think that's an awesome way of learning from people almost indirectly. Yeah. Right. It means more to um, them. Well, it's just so for so, them like. Yeah. It's not wasting their time. If you're, if they're going to answer for me, I'm now, I now finally feel what they're feeling. Not that I'm at their level, but I definitely feel mm-hmm. at this point in my career, I get enough questions and I, I'm busy enough. And then when I get all these questions, I'm getting tons of like, I get, I get several probably a week that are about, you know, just questions about what I do and questions that I would ask in that interview. And I'm like, I've already answered these a million times and I don't have time to go through all these emails and keep answering people the same thing. So when I hear it in an interview, or if they're like, Hey, I'm doing this blog or I'm doing this article. I'm like, okay, there, I can do that because then it's going to answer it for a whole lot of other people. And I can just, I can now, the next time somebody asks me, I'm like, Hey, refer to this link. Like, check this out. This there's an article all about it. Somebody else interviewed me about this. You can go check it out. So I feel like people were a lot more apt to answer me and give me the answers that I needed so that they had something. And the best part was, is they shared it. I think that's, that's another part you don't think about is now they have their whole following that's massive and they share this interview that they just did or they, you know, they were interviewed about. And then all of a sudden my, my name is attached to their name. Yeah. And it drives mm-hmm. traffic gives you to credibility. you and increases yeah, your gives you following. Credibility. Yeah. So that, I think that helped my career early on mooching off of others. <laughs> yeah. For me, like <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> For me, like the way that I go about with that same thing, right? Because I I get a lot of people who reach out to me. They ask, you know, very similar questions. 
And the thing that I started doing was I started putting out YouTube videos. I started putting out yeah, uh, blog Instagram posts stories. or courses and my Instagram stories. Yes, like all those things. And now this podcast is like going to be another one of those elements because I feel like, you know, the thing is, is that if we could create a stream of content that constantly is asking and answering the questions that either people, you know, want to hear or they may not even think that they they might need to know, then it helps us out because it's going to be like, oh, you need to know about, you know, how to find uh, freelance clients. You can check out this video. I, I talk about it. Uh, and then that also then causes them to become mm-hmm. a follower versus just someone who's reaching exactly, out to you. Yeah. So the one thing that I keep hearing about is you talk about your, your yeah. wife a lot and you talk about how you guys were working on the on the blog and everything like that. You know, when did I know you said it was about five years ago, but what caused you guys to decide to create Brave the Woods to create this actual business that you both were really invested in? It had been a thing that we talked about for a long time. I don't I don't think it was necessarily what it is today is what we talked about. We just talked about doing a business together and we got married really young. Uh, I mean, she was only 19 and I was 21. I was like right when I got into college. And I just remember, you know, I just remember, you know, it was just funny. Like, I, I mentioned that because we got married within like a year of knowing each other, which is people might think is like this crazy. But this is our 10 year anniversary coming up in uh, at the end of the month. So oh, doing something right. congrats. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know. I say that because when we started, you know, the, the main driver for, for like pushed us to get married was because we were, when we were dating, we were like, you know what, like we had, we, we'd, we'd been through a lot in that year. And I remember us talking about our goals a lot and, uh, and what we wanted to do with our, with our lives, with our careers. And uh, I just remember us saying like, you know, we, we kind of hashed out what we wanted. We, we found out we wanted a lot of the same things. And she's like, well, we have all the same goals. We have all the same things. Why don't we just like, we're doing all these things kind of separately because we're not married or anything like that. And so she's like, why don't we just like, well, let's just, <laughs> let's just tackle the goals together and make it all happen together. So that's when we got married. And then uh, we've kind of taken that same mentality and said, you know, like, well, we want to do, we want to do things together. We want to make, if we have these shared dreams and, and things that we want to do, we just need to, we just need to tackle them together. So we, uh, I remember us talking about starting a business at some point. And when we did, she said, we were going to Austin, Texas. She loved Austin. She went there on a trip once and she's like, we're whatever it is, whenever we start a business, we're going to move to Austin. So as soon as we decided to start our business, we were in Boston at that time. (laughs) And uh, she's like, well, it looks like we're moving to Austin. And I was like, all right. But really the turning point was I realized I wanted to wait. I was working full time for other people. Uh, for other companies and and I was getting a little bit burnt out and uh, I didn't know when the right time to jump was. So what she does and what she offers is, like I said earlier, she's a writer and she that's mm-hmm. her degree, right? She's a writer and she does have a minor in design. So she does understand the world, that world, uh, which is awesome. But mostly she's a writer and uh, which comes in really handy. And she did some social media marketing, uh, which is really helpful. So having oh, her do God. the marketing side, the writing and, uh, and all, cause we do children's books too. And then having her, and then she kind of assumed the business role and like management role, which was awesome. And she wanted to tackle that. I don't think it's her passion, but what we've talked about is we're going to down the road, we're going to have somebody else do that for us. And she's going to be more on the creative side, but as yeah. of now, that's what it is. And we started that, uh, we decided to make the jump and make that official, um, like I said, five years ago, but it, it was probably seven years ago and we started really working together and she took over my emails and things. I remember 
listening to Seth Godin on a podcast on his podcast, and I remember him saying like, the things that you can only do are the things that you need to focus on. If there's a things that anybody can do that you're still doing, you're, it's it's gonna hold you back. And so he said, and he actually mentioned emails yeah. specifically. So my wife was like, you know, you spend so much time on emails and responding back to people and dealing with the contracts. She's like, you could probably make a lot more money if someone else was doing that for you and you were just focusing on the art. You could probably do a lot more, right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna do it for you. So. She took over. She took over that whole role, you know, as maybe unglamorous as it is. Uh, she took over it, and she's really like just owned it. And uh, she handles all of like the client interaction initially. She does all the the contracts, everything. So uh, that's been that's been huge. <laughs> so she's kind of she she's basically she she's, boss, yeah. she's your. Boss. I don't even know how much money I, I don't even know how much money I make. She, she she'll know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think it's it's great to see that the way you guys have mm-hmm. split up the work and everything. Because I remember I had no idea about that, you know, for the longest time until we were talking about, you know, business and how and like I was I think we were talking about like social media and everything. And then you mentioned that she was the one that mm-hmm. handled it. I was like, really? Because I I oh for me, I'm a control yeah. freak when it comes to business. So it's like I don't know if I could ever hand off because I hear I hear like Seth Godin, I hear Tim Ferriss, they're always talking mm-hmm. about, you know, delegating and, you know, bringing someone else on to like do do the smaller stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, but, you know, what if what if something happens? Like, you know, what if like, you know, they don't know how to answer an email and stuff like this. And so it's always like it's always driven me crazy. But one day I hope to get to that level. You know, it gets easier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I totally agree, too, because I, I, I still am that way about certain things. But I've also noticed it's like a huge like relief and, and stress off of my plate. If I can let her like the emails is a hard one, right? Because it's your voice and it's your interaction with the client that you feel like you're losing if someone else is doing that for you and they may answer it differently, mm-hmm. which she does. She actually gets money from the clients and I am like, oh, it's okay. Pay us whenever. <laughs> so it's really good that she's taking, you know what I mean? Like I'll be like re- a lot more forgiving about like that kind of stuff. And she's just on it with that. And so, which is really good. Like that she does the business side. I'm terrible at that side. And so I'm, and, and so we just kind of delegated that way, but yeah, it's hard. It, it was hard for a long time. Like trying to get like how she write like the emails. Like, and I just had to stop caring and being like, it's still getting done. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's still, we're not losing clients. We're not like, you know, it's, it's all still working. It may not be how I wanted it, but it's worked. And I can focus on other things and it's helped us grow. That's so awesome. Yeah. I, I think like when you can really partner with someone, especially if it's, you know, your spouse and everything, I think that's that's amazing. I, I've constantly thought about like how I could bring my, my fiance <laughs> into the business, but I'm like, that's not what she's passionate in. I'm not going to force her to do that. So let me ask, what kind of advice would you give someone who's trying to break into the magical world of design and illustration? Like, like for someone who's either just starting off or someone who's like maybe thinking about like making the jump into a creative career, what kind of advice would you give them? One bit of advice I find really, really helpful is beca- mainly because I don't really have a specific, I didn't, I didn't stick with graphic design and I didn't stick with, I didn't just go straight at like full illustration. I'm doing both. So I feel like <laughs> it's okay for people to not find a style right away uh, or find exactly what they're, you know, what, what they're going to do their whole career right away. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people want to be like, I'm a, I want to, I want to be a, 
I want to do branding, right? And that's that's like my thing. I want to I want to make logos for companies, and that's great. And yep. you may love that, but it's never, it, especially early on, it never hurts to uh, to try out multiple avenues within design or, or illustration. And for me, that was kind of what I did. I left like. I told you all those places I lived. That was because I moved every year <laughs> to a different place for a different job. Because it was like it was all in the world of design, but <laughs> it was just different. Like one was yeah. an ad agency, so that's a whole different thing. One was a small, you know, d- boutique design shop. That was a new thing. One was a startup. That was different. You know, like just just having all those experiences really rounded me out and has really been helpful. And I understand the clients that I'm taking on now like advertising world is very unique and, and, and hard and, but it also pays really well. <laughs> so if you know, if you understand and speak their language, uh, you can make a lot of money in advertising yep. and doing illustration for advertising. So, um, that, that experience was, you know, invaluable to me, but uh, that, that's what I would say. I would say just be, just, just be open to a lot of those different, um, opportunities and don't kind of funnel yourself into one niche, like right away. And same with style if you're an illustrator. Like, I don't feel like some people really benefit from having one style. For me, uh, I still am changing my style. Mine's, you look at my Instagram, it changes all the time. And so, and that's just me. Yep. And I don't think that's, to a, it's not a disadvantage. I think, if anything, it's just because a lot of people say, like, well, your clientele, right? Like, it changes. Like, my clientele changes all the time because I'm, I'm doing different styles. But I also feel like I'm not catering to a, to a client, but I'm still getting work which I think is a testament to the fact that um, I'm just making work that I'm passionate about. And when I make it and I do it right, the clients will come. And if they don't come, you make money off it anyways. I, I teach classes on how to make it or I uh, sell brushes on, on, you know, with the brushes that I use to do to, to make it. You know, there's a million other ways to make yep. money off of your art than just a client. So um, don't don't drop your passion or something you're passionate about just because no one's paying you to do it. I definitely agree on those aspects because – when I first started, you know, in high school, I did, I was working in a print shop and I was doing marketing design. And then after college, I went and started mm-hmm. as a branding designer. From there, I went to be a UI UX designer. And now I'm a illustrator and branding designer. So it's really interesting because like you'll never stay on the same, the same path. Everything, you know, always changes in the creative world. And sometimes you get burnt out of doing one thing and you decide that you want to try something completely different. And that's okay. Um, and then with the, the styles too, everyone, the number one question, you probably get this, uh, just as Mm -hmm. much is, you know, how do you, how do you develop your style? And it's like, you know, it's not an easy, you know, answer. There's no easy answer to that because it's all just like some, something that happens over time. You know, we both work in, you know, we work in different Mm -hmm. styles and we work in multiple styles and it's something that, you know, if I go back two years ago, I was working in one style predominantly. Yeah. Now I barely work in that style. And it's just all of its growth. Growth happens over time, whether it's in your career or the things that you create. And that's just natural. Well, and your tools change, like, especially with like a lot of the, well, we, we yeah. work digitally, right? So a lot of our tools are changing. We, yep. we change our styles to – I've even changed my style because I've – I've, I had pain in my arm, like almost like a, mm-hmm. it was like, it was in my forearm and in my wrists. 
And I, it wasn't carpal tunnel because I hear it has something stems from your shoulder or whatever it was. I wasn't getting that, but I was getting a lot of pain. Like I'd have to ice my arm at night after I'd work. And it's like I was a like oh, I was wow. a pitcher in baseball, right? But I'm sitting there at my desk all day. <laughs> Not an athlete with this icing my arms at night. But it was because I was clicking the mouse a million times. That repetitive action was like killing mm. my uh, my forearms and I was getting super sore because I'd work. I worked before. I was working all day during my day job. And then I'd come home and work all night doing my freelance before we started Brave the Woods. So I noticed like I was, I was having a ton of pain in my arms and I was like, I just can't continue doing this. And, and so that was all vector artwork. So you'll notice that I don't do as much vector artwork anymore. It's because it killed my arms. And so I started drawing, uh, doing a lot more. Hand- That's when I started working on like the, the iPad Pro and, and working off my, uh, my, my mm-hmm. Cintiq and drawing within Photoshop a whole lot more. And so my styles kind of developed just little things like that. But I feel like, I mean, that, that was a thing I kind of had to change, but there's other things too with like, you know, just technology changing, like the iPad pro, you have limitations within procreate, you know, they're going to go away so you can open it up to do more. Like I can only do so many layers in procreate, <laughs> which frustrates me, but yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So you'll, your, your things will change just inevitably whether you try or not. <laughs> Yeah, and the important thing is is to also never like close yourself off from that. Always like open yourself up to using different things. I also was using like I went from using just the mouse and a uh, a Wacom Intuos tablet to then using the Cintiq to then using the iPad mm-hmm. Pro, and now a lot of my illustrations, like no matter what, all of my illustrations they start with the iPad Pro with sketches, and then sometimes they finish in the mm-hmm. iPad Pro. And so when I look back, you know, three, four years ago, that never would have happened. Everything would have started maybe in Photoshop and ended on Adobe Illustrator. Yeah. And now it ends in Adobe Illustrator Draw. So it's yeah. really interesting. And, you know, it's it's always great to to try new things and see, like, the limitations and see how you can work around them, how you can break the limitations. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I'm sure that you have a, a lot of fun with it as well. I do, yeah. <laughs> So is there anything like new that you're currently working on that you that you'd like to give a shout out for or anything like that? Anything new that I'm working on? Uh, well, we're going to bring Artists for Education back next year. That's one thing that's not new, but it's news. <laughs> we're going to be bringing that back. <laughs> we, we had to put that on hiatus uh, due to some people taking advantage of the, the free poster downloads for teachers. People who weren't teachers were doing it and it was costing us money in sales and things like that. But yeah, we're going to reposition ourselves to do that um, next year. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we've been doing is uh, is working – we've been doing workshops. And, and so I've, I've mm-hmm. done lots of lectures before, but I hadn't done a lot of workshops until last uh, last year we did – a tour we did a we traveled was that last year or was it this year maybe it was this year I think it, was it was this year, this year. I, oh, yeah. time yeah. is so weird it feels like they're flying by know, or whatever right? it felt like it was a lot longer ago but yeah it was this year and we we went around and just drove around the country uh with my family and we made uh when i say we I mean crystal organized workshops uh, and like <laughs> venues and, and all that ticket sales all that stuff for a really fun workshop illustration workshop that we did in seven uh, major cities around the u.s and it was kind of vacation time for us, but it was also like a really cool uh, like business building experience and something like branching mm-hmm. out into something new. So we're going to be doing a lot more workshops. And uh, I just did one in Canada, and they they actually talked about – so their equivalent of an AIGA is the GDC. And, uh, and they have all those mm-hmm. chapters all across um, the different provinces and things. And so we're going to – not this year because we're having a baby in March, so it's going to be hard to, to do the drive, but – Oh. Yeah, so that's big news. There you go. We're having, a, we're having our <laughs> yeah. Having there our we go. Kids. So we have two. We have a, we have two right now. We have a six-year-old boy and a two-year-old or three-year-old girl, and then we have a 
one more on the way in March. Congrats, Thank man! You. That's so great Thanks, to man. hear. We're, we're excited. We're, we're three, three and done. <laughs> I thought we thought three, <laughs> three and are, done. I think three's the, the the lucky number. But yeah, anyway, we, so we're gonna go up to. We're gonna be. I think the 2020. We're planning on doing a, a Canada tour. So we're gonna drive all across Canada oh, to nice. all the GDC chapters and uh, teach a workshop lecture combo. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be doing another. I think maybe in fall, maybe this coming fall, we're gonna do a southern tour. Teaching workshops and elections. And that's fall uh, 2019. 2019 if right? the baby, I think the baby will be old enough. That's fine. We took our son from Southern California <laughs> driving because we drive all these. We took our, our son from Southern California to Boston when he was three months old. So our, Holy we, crap. we're used to traveling with our kids and they travel pretty well. But yeah, we were planning on doing like a North Carolina down through uh, Florida. Uh, so we're going to be hitting like, like oh, Alabama. Nice. We're going to be hitting uh, Georgia. We're going to do all those kind of things. But a Southern tour. <laughs> the southern, southern tour, tour okay yeah so no no san diego no in your, in your so future, huh? it is in our future actually that a west coast oh. tour is the is our next one too so we, we're thinking because we have breaks my son does uh he does all year he does year-round school um but they get big chunks mm-hmm. off in random times and so i think we're gonna do a, a west ah, coast okay. my family's from i'm from seattle and my family's from there still so we're gonna do seattle down to san diego and that's I'm very to think cool of when we just got to figure out life, life is, is always in the way, but yeah, we, we want to find a two week period to do that. You can bet that I am definitely going to be coming to that one. Yeah. It's always great to hang out with you both like through digital means and in person. You're coming to creative South. I am. This year, yeah, right? creative South. And it's barring any weirdness with okay. the, the babies because the baby's going to be born in like March 20th. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's going to be very close yeah. to that. Oh yeah, no. So if, if, if all goes well and we get family in town to help, help my wife, then I can, I can slip away. <laughs> That's very cool, man. And all of this stuff too. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a, a page. This is this is the first interview I'm doing here. Um, so I'm gonna have a, a page uh, for each one of these podcast episodes. And on those pages, we'll have uh, links. We'll have some show notes in there. And so we'll have links to um, artists for education and all of your your other stuff. Oh, thanks. But man. for those for those people who don't go to that page, who are just listening to this podcast. You know, where can everyone like find out about you and your amazing work? Bravethewoods.com is our is our website. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, which is brave underscore the underscore woods. Somebody else stole it and has a private account with 20 followers <laughs> and they have it. I'm like, oh no, I, could buy, I need to buy it off. Of. But anyway, brave underscore the underscore woods. And that's the same with Twitter. And then um, uh, you can look us up. I'm trying to think. So Artists for Education. Instead of artistforeducation.com, just look us up on Instagram. And you can see it because we have the site down at the moment. And so you'll be able to see the past work mm. and what we're about there on Instagram. Uh, Dribble, Brad. I think it's Brad W. Woodard is my Dribble account. And uh, yeah, I can't think of any. Oh, I'm on Skillshare. That one will have to have a link to, though, because it's a, it's a long one. Yes, there will definitely yeah. be links to that because you have, like, what, 12, uh, 12 I think so. courses? I can't remember now. I keep just keep I adding some... to it. Yeah, I have a, yeah. a bunch of courses, and I'm, I'm going to try to add another one here in January. We'll definitely link to your Skillshare courses. Plus, there's also uh, retro mm-hmm. supply brushes that you've worked on. Jeez, you're so we're, busy. We're, <laughs> I, I get antsy about having all my eggs in one basket, so we work on lots of different things at once. <laughs> Diversification. Yep, some passive income works out. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brad, for being the, the first guest on my podcast. I'm super excited about this. I'm super excited to hear what everybody thinks about this and 
thank just like thank you so much. This is this has been really well, yeah. Amazing. Thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. this. Is always it's always fun chatting with you, anyways. And so this is a nice just just we we've been meaning to catch up on <laughs> conversations, anyways. So this is good timing. Oh yeah, I think the last time we chatted was yeah. like June. It was too so long. So it's ago. like yeah. yeah so this is this is this is well well past yeah. due. All right. Well, thank you so much. I know you're busy, so I'll let you go right here. As always, everyone, please remember to stay passionate, stay positive, and stay creative. That's it for this episode. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another great episode of the Design Break Podcast. If you guys would like to find the show notes to this episode or any other episodes, please head over to www.designbreakpodcast.com forward slash episodes. This episode of the Design Break Podcast was written and produced by me, Rocky Rourke, with special thanks to my podcast editor, Lorraine Varone. And if you like what you hear so far, please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about the Design Break Podcast, follow us on all social platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at The Design Break, for great new content that will be shared beyond just what you hear in this podcast. And if you'd like to see what I'm currently up to, you can follow me on any social media platform at Rocky Rourke.